Thanks for joining us on the Father's House podcast, where we are leading people into a growing relationship with Jesus. Want to learn more about us? Check us out online at thefathershouse.com. We'd love to stay connected. Now, let's go to this week's message. Well, if you have your Bible or you have your iPhone, uh, would you raise it up and let's make this confession today. This is my Bible. It is the Word of God. It is life to me. Today I receive the Word. I confess my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I am obedient and I will never be the same again in Jesus' name. Amen. Father, we come to you this morning. And we thank you for your special anointing. Lord, every song today was like a prayer. And we were just singing those, even though we didn't maybe even know all the words or even know the song, but every one of them was a, was a prayer to you, just a continual dialogue. And so we thank you for what you're doing. We thank you for the untangled lives that you changed today. And Lord, we pray right now that as we move into this teaching that I, I pray your anointing because without you, I can do nothing. I heard the story about a man who joined a monastery and the rules of the monastery were simply this. You couldn't speak. After 10 years of serving, you could say two words. So there was a guy that joined. So 10 years, nothing. It was time for two words. And he simply said this, food bad. So another 10 years, couldn't say anything. And on his 20th anniversary, he said this, bed hard. Another, 20, another 10 years, it's 30 years now, and he's been in the monastery, and he gets two more words. And this time he said, I quit. And so the guy that was in charge, he said, well, it doesn't surprise me one bit. All you've done is grumble the whole time you've been here. Is that you? Is that you? Are you a grumbler? Or maybe I should ask the person beside you. If you're sitting beside a grumbler, would you? No, I better not do that. I better not do that. I mean, Americans are notorious for being grumblers. I mean, just check social media, right? Just check that and look at that. And Things happen, right? Disaster, disease, death, sickness, all of those happen to us. But how are we supposed to respond when we're hit by some of those? Well, there are two G words in the Bible, two G words. And they both talk about a different response to issues, problems, setbacks, and difficulties. One of those words is grumbling and the other is groaning. So we're going to look at that today, and the first thing we want to talk about is that we need to know the difference between grumbling and groaning. We need to know the difference. So if, uh, if we look at this, first of all, let's look at, I'm going to look at a lot of scriptures today, so I hope that's all right. This is a church. It's not a social club, all right? And so we're going to look at a lot of scriptures today. So I want to look about some scriptures about groaning or groan. Exodus chapter 2, verse 23. Now it happened in the process of time that the king of Egypt died. Then the children of Israel groaned because of the bondage and they cried out. And their cry came up for, to God because of their bondage. Exodus 6 and 5. And I also have heard the groaning of the children of Israel whom the Egyptians kept in bondage and I have remembered my covenant. And sometimes, you know, with the constant challenge and challenge and challenge, we can also just kind of get weary of groaning, but we still groan, right? It says, I'm weary with my groaning. Now, groaning is actually commanded in the scripture. 
So people say, well, you know, I just not groan. No, groaning, real groaning, what we're going to talk about today is something God wants us to do. Uh, Lamentations 2 and 19. As each night watch begins, get up and cry out in prayer. That's groaning right there, what he's talking about. Pour your heart out. How? How? Face to face with a master. He said, I want you to pour out your heart. Like, here's the Lord and here are you. Get right into his face. This groaning is, I, I'm right into his face. He's not far away from me, but I'm getting right in his face so that I can make eye contact so that I can be there with him. Grumbling now is a little different. Exodus 15 and 24. So the people grumbled against Moses saying, what are we going to drink? Psalm 106, verse 25. They grumbled in the tents and did not obey the Lord. Now, grumbling, I said groaning is encouraged. Grumbling is prohibited in the scripture. Philippians 2, 14. Let's memorize this verse real quick. Are you ready? Let's do it together. Do everything without grumbling or arguing. If you're a parent, look at your kids right now and say, do everything without grumbling or arguing. Kids, look at your parents right now and say, yes, ditto. Do everything without grumbling or arguing. You came today and you memorized the verse. How's that? Philippians 2.14. Paul said to the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians 10 and 10, and do not grumble as some of them did, talking about the children of Israel that we're going to look at today, and they were killed by a destroying angel. So what's the difference in grumbling and groaning? Groaning is complaining to God. Groaning is complaining to God. It's something we do face to face with God, on our knees, on our face, but we're talking to God. We're talking to God. God doesn't mind for you getting honest with him. And he wants you, if something's on your heart, he's a kind of a God that says, it's all right to come right here and be with me. I want to hear what's on your heart. But a lot of times, here's what we do. We try to run and hide. We have these feelings, but we're afraid, well, if I say this, then it's negativity and it's not faith. God knows how you feel to start with, right? So all he wants is to just surely be honest with him and come to him face to face and we can complain to him about a situation. But now grumbling is complaining about God. Complaining about God. It's something that we say about God behind his back. I mean, how can you do that behind his back, right? You know what I mean. You're, not, you're, 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 you're posting on social media. I can't believe God let this happen. I can't believe this happened. I can't believe I'm, I'm stuck again. I can't believe I'm in, midst, in the midst of all of this. And, and what happens is that, that we begin to isolate ourselves and we begin to exaggerate what's really going on. There's what I call a grumbling cycle. I've been studying this and looking at this and I'm trying to figure out how does that, because I don't think any of us necessarily want to be grumblers and I don't think we start off grumbling. And so when, when I look at this, I think there's a cycle that goes like this. When we become with the Lord or we start to tithe or we start to love him or serve, we get in a, we get in a season I call of a blessing. It's God's blessing. Remember when you first got saved? It was just like so cool, right? So wonderful. It was just so good. And, and you believe that when somebody said, once you give your heart to the Lord, you'll never have any more troubles, right? Has that happened to you? No, right? If somebody lied to you in church, if they told you that, because Jesus said you're going to have troubles. 
So we start off and almost like in this bubble and we're enjoying the blessings of God. And then we get to the place that we expect that's how it's always going to be, right? I'm never going to have any problems. Every time I pray, the answer is going to come right now. No storms, no difficulties. And you see, God is a genie in the Bible. Not in the bottle, but a genie in the Bible that whatever I want, you know, I, I deserve. I, 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 be, I become a Christian, so I deserve only the best and nothing difficult. So but here's what happens then. We get disappointed because we don't often walk in blessing continually. There are seasons that we might go through a dry spell, we might go through a storm, we might go through a difficulty, and so we get into that season of disappointment, and then if we're not careful, the fourth part of that cycle is that we begin to grumble. Well, I tell you, I knew it wouldn't work. I'd work for somebody else, but not for me. You know, I prayed, and the answer didn't come. I did this, and it didn't happen, so why should I, why should I even try anymore? Now, I want us to go back in the Old Testament, and I want us to look at how this works out. The difference in groaning which God wants, and grumbling, which he says, time out. I don't want you to be a grumbler. So think about this. God hears the cry of Israel. We're in bondage. Get us out of here. We hate slavery. Remember that story? And so what does God do? He comes and he takes them to the Red Sea. He opens the Red Sea and they walk across on muddy ground, right? They walk across on what? On dry ground. And so they get to the other side and they look and the Egyptian army is chasing them. And what does God do? He lets the water come in on and drown them. So they get to the other side. God has delivered them from slavery. God has set them free from all the plagues. And now he's destroyed the Egyptian army. So wouldn't you think they're going to be a grateful people? Not so much. Exodus 15, 22 through 25. Then Moses led the Israel from the Red Sea, and they went to the desert of Shur. For three days, they traveled in the desert without finding water. When they came to Marah, they could not drink its water because it was bitter. That's why they call it Marah. So the people grumbled against Moses saying, what are we to drink? Then Moses cried out to the Lord. He groaned to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a piece of wood, and he threw it in the water, and the water became fit to drink. Notice what they didn't do. They didn't ask Moses, hey, I'm kind of thirsty. I mean, did we think about water in this thing? Nothing's working. Could you get us a drink of water? No, they didn't do that. What did they do? They grumbled. They grumbled. What do you you think that sounded like? What kind of guy is this? They're not to Moses. They're talking to each other. What kind of leader is this? I mean, if he really hears from God and God delivered us like he did, then, then, then if Moses really heard from God, then he would, God would have led us by some good water. And here we've got nasty water. What kind of leader is this? Certainly he's not a smart one or a caring one. So they wanted a drink. So God gave them sweet water. Now look at this. Out of slavery, and now they've got sweet water. So they'll be grateful. Not so much. Look at this. Exodus 16, 1 through 4. The whole Israelite community set out from Elam and came to the desert of Sin, which is between Elam and Sinai on the 15th day of the second month, and they came out of Egypt. In the desert, the whole community grumbled against Moses and Aaron. The Israelites said to them, if only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt. It was so much better when we were in slavery. And, they, and there we had pots of meat. We ate all the food we wanted. But you brought us to this desert to starve the entire assembly to death. Then the Lord said to Moses, okay, here's what I'll do. 
I'll rain down bread from heaven for you, and the people go out every day and gather what they need. The whole nation grumbles. And so God sends gluten-free bread down out of heaven. And they say, we've never seen this. What's it called? It's called manna, which is, what is it? But on the street, it's what it is. I work hard at this, okay? Come on, give me a break. No one knows. It tasted like a cracker with honey on it. And it was, so now, freedom, water, and manna. So they should be grateful. Mm, not so much. Numbers 11, four through six. The riffraff among the people had a craving. And soon they had the people of Israel whining. Why can't we have meat? We ate fish in Egypt and we got it free. I'm going to come back to that. Free? They're slaves. How did they get it free? They were paying with their lives. But isn't it interesting when we begin to focus on the now, we lose the memory of how good or how bad it might have been. Oh, we ate fish in, in Egypt. We got it free to say nothing of the cucumbers, the melons, the leeks, the onions, and the smelly garlic. But nothing tastes good out here. And all we get is manna, manna, manna. The riffraff. It started with the riffraff. You know any riffraff? Started with them. You see what? Emotions are contagious. I read a study this week of some psychologists that did this study. They brought in a man that was very severely depressed. They brought him into a room with someone who was not depressed. They set him down in, in front of them in this study, one chair here and one chair here, and they faced each other. They didn't say a word, not one word, and they only left them in that for five minutes. At the end of the five minutes, the man who came in that had no depression, all of a sudden now, they began to register different things of, uh, of discomfort and, and, and that he, he was beginning to feel depressed. Now, they still, they had to do a whole study to try to figure that out. But here's what it's saying. Even if you sit in the vicinity of somebody that's a grumbler and a whiner, you can catch what they've got. Anybody want to move? It's toxic. You see, grumbling causes me to ignore all the good and exaggerate the now and forget the past. Grumbling causes me to ignore all of the good, all the things that God has already done, or even the bad things that I've come out of. Well, you know, I just wish I'd never give my heart to the Lord. You know, I just have more troubles. And then we exaggerate the now. Look at all this stuff that's happened. Look at this. Look at this. Look at this. And we forget about the past. Now, Moses' response, notice his response. Moses heard the whining, all those families whining in front of their tents. God's anger blazed up. Moses saw that things were in a bad way. Moses does what? He says to God. Moses said to God, why are you treating me this way? What did I ever do to you to deserve this? Did I conceive them? Was I their mother? So why dump the responsibility of these people on me? Why tell me to carry them around like a nursing mother, carrying them all the way to the land you promised to their ancestors? Where am I supposed to get meat for all the people whining to me? They were part of the original whiny heinies. Give me meat. We want meat. I can't do this, he says, by myself. It's too much with all of these people. 
If this is how you intend to treat me, look at this, do me a favor and take me out right now and kill me. I've seen enough. I've had enough. Let me out of here. So many times I've heard people preach on that and they preach down to Moses. Oh, lack of faith. How could he grumble? How could he do that to God? He's not grumbling. He's groaning to God and saying, God, what you've asked me to do is bigger than what I can do. And if I'm left to myself, there's no way that I can handle it. He gets right in the face of God. You say, oh, I'm, I'm not, I'm, how, how can we do that? You see, that's the kind of God we serve. Your arms are too short to box with God, but he knows what you're thinking. He knows what you feel. And so why keep it to you and think it, but never talk it, but come to him and simply say, I'm in a bind right now. And I don't like where I am, but I'm coming to you. No, he doesn't go to social media and say, oh, look how God let me out here and he's not doing this. And I asked God to leave me and can't do that. No, he's simply saying, God, and, and it's sort of like one, one person said, you know, they prayed to God, God, if this is how you treat your friends, no wonder you don't have more friends. Grumbling is self-centered, whereas groaning is God-centered. And it's not, it's not faking it till you make it. You know, so many times we think, well, if I say what's really on my heart, then the devil will hear it and then he'll use it against me. And it's not faith. They're not words of faith. I don't know where we get this silly, crazy thing about faith. But you see, faith doesn't just happen with my words. Faith happens with my heart and what I believe. So it's not fake it till I make it. It's coming to him and saying, this is how I feel today. I'm really struggling with this and I don't know what to do this. I'm taking my complaints to God, not to others. Because even, I mean, groanings are deep. Even creation groans. You ever thought about that? The scripture says in Romans 8 and 22, for we know that the whole creation groans and labors with birth pangs together until now. The whole earth remembers how it was, how God created everything with beauty, but how sin destroyed it. And even nature itself is groaning for that new heaven and that new earth. You see, groaning is something that God wants us to get ready. In fact, he said, I'm sending you the Holy Spirit to help you at times when you don't even have the words to say. Look at this, Romans 8 and 26. Likewise, the Spirit, Holy Spirit, helps our weakness. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself makes intercession for us. What? With what? With groanings, which cannot be uttered. Some people say, well, you know, this scripture is talking about is praying in the Spirit. It could be praying in the Spirit. But it also could be just that there are times and difficulties that I'm facing. And I can't even get the words out. I don't even know where to start. And the Holy Spirit within me just... Oh, you ever been there? You ever been that, in, that, in that type of prayer? Oh, and here's what God says. I understand that groan. Remember, God groaned. Jesus is on the cross, and he groans. Oh, my father, why have you forsaken me? He doesn't talk to the thief on his side and say, dude, can you believe God? Brought me out this far and hung me on a cross. Now he says, Father, why? He groaned. So I'm going to tell you, I'm talking to somebody here today or watching online. You've been afraid to talk to God about how you really feel in this circumstance. And he says, I want you to come to me and allow the Holy Spirit to work with you through this.
So how do I, how do I keep myself from grumbling? Well, here's a couple of things. Guard yourself by remembering we can root out the cancer that threatens our joy of faith when we begin to remember. Make a habit of remembering what God has done for you. Remember. You see, what you choose, what you choose to feed on will determine the aroma that you give off. What you choose to feed on will determine the aroma that you give off. You might say, Terry, I, it's all good for you. You know, you're a preacher up there, you know, and you got everything great for you, but Look, I'm going through some tough yogurt right now, deep stuff. I don't understand what I'm going through and why I'm going through this. That person offended me. They hurt me. They used me. I asked for help. Nobody came to my help. The church is not doing right. The sound is too loud. The kids are too noisy. The seats are too hard. The leaders are too busy. And why, can I, why do I have to put up with all of this stuff? And the truth is, we have the ability to focus on stuff. Either the stuff in front of us or we focus on a God that knows exactly where we are. But rather than focus on the things that are going bad, I want to choose to remember and focus on what God has done for me. As Andrea said earlier, my name is written down in a reservation for the new heaven and the new earth. So I want to choose to focus on this. I focus on He loves me. He saved me. He adopted me into His family. He protects me. He gives me a hope and a future. I'm secure. I'm forgiven. He just keeps loving me no matter how selfish and how sinful I am. Wow. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Wow. Remember God's graciousness? Establish that in your memory. Memorize it. Paint it on the walls of your house. Put it in your journal. Practice the expression of gratitude. Here's the second thing. Not only remember, but being thankful. Being thankful. The antidote for a grumbling spirit is the thankful spirit. Deliberately, intentionally, consistently learning the art of thanking God in all circumstances, not thanking Him for everything, but thanking Him in the midst of that. Learn to be thankful for the small things as well as the big things, and then declare it, speak it out, share it, sing it, say it, rejoice. Whenever you're tempted to grumble, find a reason to be thankful and fix your thoughts on that, right? Psalm 100, you know this one. You know this verse. Let's say it together. Make a joyful... Now, let's say it again. Make a... <laughs> I'm, I'm glad that that verse is not descriptive. It doesn't say, sing on note right to God. It says, no, it, it's nondescript. It just says, make noise. Make noise in His direction. So that means when, we, when we're worshiping and we sing some of these new songs that you don't know the words to, and I don't know the words to, and you say, well, I, I wish I knew. It's not like Amazing Grace or uh, Christmas time around the rocking Christmas tree or something that I know. It's unfamiliar territory for me. So what do I do? I look at the words and I say the words out loud. I say the words out loud or I'll say, amen. Do it again. Say it again, Andrea. I'm making noise to the truth of that song. I'm making a joyful noise unto the Lord. 
Not a crappy noise. Oh, is that a bad word? Not a bad word to the Lord. You know, grumbling word. Sorry. It could have come out different than that. You're just thankful that's all that came out. If you're new here today, the real pastor will be here next week. So come back. Here's what we have to do. Please get this. Actuate yourself into a feeling rather than feel your way into an action. Actuate. Well, I just, I just don't feel like I love my husband or love my wife. Actuate into that. Do that 21-day challenge or whatever it is. Do something good every day. And you know what? I don't, I don't feel like singing today. No, actuate yourself into that. Actuate. Do what, feel, what, you, do what you don't feel like doing to get the feeling that you want to have. I don't enjoy getting up in the morning and going here. Al say, 100 benches, do this, and then do these, and then do all of this, and then do it three times. I don't enjoy that. But I enjoy when I walk by and look in the mirror, and I look like Mr. Atlas. I wish. I wish, right? I don't feel like taking the garbage out this afternoon and put it beside the road. It stinks. But I know it's a whole lot bad if I don't. Then Miguel can't come by and pick it up, right? I'm thankful that Miguel picks it up. Look, look at this Psalm 100 in the message. On your feet now. Applaud God. Bring a gift of laughter. Would you underline that? Bring a gift of laughter. Sing yourselves into his presence. Know this, God is God. And God, God. I love that. He made us. We didn't make him. We're his people. His well-tended sheep. Enter with the password, what? Thank you. That's the password. Make yourselves at home. Talking praise. Thank him. Worship him. For God is sheer beauty, all generous in love, loyal always and ever. So here's, here's, your, here's what I want you to do. Here's your, here's your assignment for this week, all right? Here's your assignment. When you go home this afternoon, sometime before tomorrow, I want you to go into the bathroom, close the door, and get in front of the mirror, and I want you to just start laughing. That, that's what he says here. He says, bring a gift of laughter. Bring a gift of laughter. No, we get in front of the mirror and say, where did this gray come from? Where did this come from? Where did that come from? Where did this come from? Where did that come from? Just sneaking up all over me. Look at that. Lord, that's a wrinkles right there. No, no, no. Look into that mirror and see the creation that God made. And just thank God you're not in the hospital somewhere. Thank God that you can move today, right? And look in that mirror and say, God, I cry a lot. I whine a lot. But this is an offering to you from Psalm 100. I'm going to laugh a little bit today. Ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha, ha. I'm going to laugh. And I'll laugh there until, until I really begin to laugh. And here's what will happen. Anita will come in and say, are you going wacko? And she'll laugh too because I'm trying to laugh, but she'll really laugh. So here's what I want you laugh at yourself. Look in the mirror and laugh as an offering unto God. And then he says, sing your way into, sing your way into him. Sing your way into him. And then he says, in case you need the password to get into my presence, here it is. The password is thank you. Now, 
On my phone, every app has a password, right? My computer, everything's got a password. I like one password. And that one password is, I'm not going to tell you. It's my favorite. But what happens if something goes wrong, you get a new phone, it says, you got to get a new password. I don't want a new password. But Anita says, you got to get a new password. But I don't want a new password. I can't remember all these different passwords. So then there's an app where you put your passwords. But to get to your passwords, you got to have a what? A password. How many apps does God have? And he says, I'm not going to run you around by looking up passwords and you think you forgot them. I'm going to give you a simple password that you can remember. This is a password. Into, so, so when I can't find my password, what do I do? Anita. But God says, Terry, I want to make this simple. Make this real simple for you and Tim. You yellow pad guys. One password you have to remember. That's all. One password for everything. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. Thank you for resurrecting. Thank you for healing me. Thank you for a home in heaven. On your feet, applaud God and give him thanks today. For he is worthy. He is worthy. He is worthy. He is worthy. He is worthy today. I mean, just think about this. Wouldn't it be so great if we got so excited about God, we'd actually do that and stand on our feet and applaud Him right in the middle of our office, right in the middle of our home, applaud Him and say, thank you, God, thank you, God, thank you, God. Don't let your feelings inform your faith, but inform your feelings by your faith. Kill the sin of grumbling with seeing and scripture and thank you, God. Would you raise your hand and let's just give him thanks. Father, we thank you. We thank you. Forgive us of our grumbling, Lord, and help us to spend more time groaning and giving you thanks, making a joyful noise, not a groan, not a griping noise in your name. Hey, you may be seated for just, just a moment. There may be somebody here today who simply say, you know what? That's all good for you because your relationship with God is, 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 is good. As someone came out today, they said to me, man, that was what I needed because I hate my political party. I hate the state that I'm from and all the things that's going wrong with my governor, everything else. And I've become very vocal on social media about how much that I didn't like that. And he said, but today as you spoke, I all of a sudden thought, is grumbling helping me? No. Is grumbling making it worse? Yes. Thank God that you weren't in Nicaragua when I was there several years ago. And the pastor that I was with just got back from the jungle when he went to see one of the churches. And some of the communists caught him and beat him up and took everything from him. And he came and we we're in a meeting together and he's got bloody eyes and he's all beat up because of standing for Jesus. Thank God, and not in the 75 different nations I've been around the world where there's no religious freedom, where there's no religious freedom even in, 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 in a government. Yeah, we may not be perfect, but thank God for the United States of America. And thank you for where you are. Thank you for where you are and who you are. 
So I want to pray for somebody today. Maybe we'll just, why don't we just do this? Why don't we just bow our heads and let's just close our eyes. And if you're watching online or you're here today, and you'd say, Terry, I, uh, I don't believe I'm ready to meet the Lord. And you, you know that. I don't like the way my life is right now. And I really, uh, I really need the Lord to help me. I want to lead you in a prayer today. I'll help you with the words, but you have to surrender your heart. Jesus is here. And he loves you so much that he wants to give you forgiveness of your sins. He wants to give you a reason for living today. And he wants to give you the hope of a future. If you're here and you say, Terry, my, my eternity is not settled. I'm, I'm not in the right place with the Lord. I used to be, but right now I'm, I'm just not there. And I'd like to be included in this prayer today. Would you raise your hand right now and just make eye contact with me? Thank you. Thank you for the honesty. Thank you in the back. Thank you here. Thank you over here. Thank you here. Others today, thank you. Others, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Others today, say thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And those of you that are watching online, I'm going to give you some words. That's what the scripture says, how we should pray. But in giving those words, then you give him your life, your heart. Pray this with me right now. Father God, I'm going to use the password. And I'm going to say thank you. Thank you for sending your son Jesus to die for my sins. I confess with my mouth and I believe in my heart that Jesus is Lord. And that he rose from the third day to give me a new life. As best as I know how, I want to serve you all the days of my life. Thank you, God. Send your spirit into my life. In your name, Jesus. Church, would you celebrate with me with the eight or nine people that prayed that prayer? It's our honor to play a small part in all that God is doing in your life. We would love to continue with you on that journey. To find out what your next steps might be, visit thefathershouse.com slash next. Join us next week as we continue to love God, help people, and build the kingdom.